Welcome to From Our Vantage Point, where you can easily access expert perspective and practical approaches to tackling common topics and concerns in not-for-profit governance and management. My name is Maria Turnbull, Associate Executive Director at Vantage Point and your host. From Our Vantage Point is brought to you by Humanity Financial Management, a chartered accounting firm dedicated to helping Canadian not-for-profit, charitable and social enterprises build capacity for strong internal financial management. Humanity Financial Management's part-time controllers and CFOs provide support for budgeting, reporting, audit preparation, policies and procedures, and internal controls. Their results, financial risk reduction and asset protection. Visit Humanity Financial Management online at humanityfinancial.ca. For today's podcast, I am joined by Trina Isaacson, a thoughtful, inquisitive, independent, and action-oriented facilitator, leader, project manager, researcher, and consultant. We've seen Trina in action as a knowledge philanthropist at Vantage Point, as a presenter at our annual leadership conference, BOSS, as a workshop facilitator, and a content developer. I've personally crossed paths with Trina countless times through her diverse and often bold projects, including a recent one where she championed an effort to research current not-for-profit salary levels here in the Metro Vancouver area. Trina, so glad you could join us today to share some of the learning from the recent project for this month's podcast topic, Not-for-Profit Salary Surveys, Striving for Fair Compensation in the Sector. Thanks for having me, Maria. Trina, to get us started, can you tell us about how you got interested in doing the Metro Vancouver Nonprofit Sector Salary Survey? Well, I got interested for a few reasons. The first is that I'm interested generally in social justice and therefore salary equity within the nonprofit sector. Um, but also in my normal consulting work, I'm often working with funders and capacity builders and other sector leaders to use their power and the levers that they have access to to help nonprofit organizations thrive. And I feel like this is one way that I can contribute to uh, that work in, in using levers to increase uh, social justice and in this case salary equity and then in particular how I, I got started with this is a uh, there's a breakfast meetup for women executive directors and a few of them were looking for current up-to-date hyper-local salary data and it didn't exist and so I offered independently and confidentially to curate and uh, compile that data and report it back to um, the public. Great and uh I know there are a few other sort of relevant salary surveys out there, such as Charity Village's survey. Uh, can you just share with us a few thoughts on, on how the Metro Vancouver survey is, is, is different? Mm-hmm. So to, to be clear, there's a few other ones that people may have come across. There's the, the Charity Village salary survey, which came out in 2013 and 2017. Uh, and there's also what used to be the Boland uh, survey, which is now focused only in Alberta, so those that used to rely on Boland can't access it anymore for British Columbia purposes. But what is unique about this survey is that it's one hyper-local, so Metro Vancouver only, we're not looking at BC-wide or the interior, Um, so we really are as much as possible comparing apples to apples. Um, Another great thing about this survey, 133 organizations uh, participated, which is a fairly high number for especially a hyper-local salary survey, and because I had so many organizations participate, I was able to break down data in the final report based on buckets like um, the 
operating budget of the organization, and in some cases, the type of organization. So for example, whether it was an arts and culture organization okay. with a budget of 500,000 to a million. Uh, and so really getting specific was really helpful. Um, and then breaking down data even further to obviously the salary and compensation levels for executive directors, but also say program managers or all coordinators or the finance director, depending on the data that I had available, I shared whatever I could and broke it down in a way that ensured confidentiality, but broke it down in a way that um, showed people the highest, lowest, and median types of salary levels or vacation day levels, um, specifically breaking it down into quartiles so people could see really specific data. And so I think the unique value of this survey is just really hyper-local, hyper-specific data for nonprofits and charities in Metro Vancouver. Okay, and uh, I can see the great value in that, uh, having been in the sector for a while, knowing that the differences really between the subsectors within mm-hmm. the nonprofit environment and then also the variance based on annual operating budget. I mean, it seems to be a real factor. Uh, Trina, what were you surprised about in conducting and analyzing the research? Well, I think one of the surprises was the the level of interest from certain subsectors. So for example, there was a lot of interest in the arts and culture subsector. And so we had a lot of respondents from that group and therefore I was able to share a lot of specific data for arts. Um, And then more broadly, smaller organizations were interested in this uh, survey. So most of my respondents were organizations with budgets under 5 million and in particular, a lot with budgets under $1 million. And so for organizations who don't have money for an HR director or to conduct their own salary survey, it allows them to get um, valuable data to make compensation decisions. So uh, one surprise was the interest, especially among that smaller organization. Um, Another surprise was in looking at data there were quite a few organizations that aren't necessarily paying living wages for all of their staff. And so that was both unfortunate and surprising, especially considering we're working in a field that in many ways fights for social justice, but in and of ourselves don't necessarily compensate in ways that are socially just. So that was an unfortunate surprise. Um, And then another surprise, which gets at the complexity of salary surveys is that um, there are so many unique scenarios and non-standard practices from organization to organization, but also within organization, how compensation levels are determined um, were often sometimes unique. And so people provided commentary about what made Mm -hmm. them unique and what I had to take into consideration when I was looking at their data. And so there are a lot of non-standard and often not really comparable practices in between organizations. Right. What were some of the other key learnings that you walked away with? Well, obviously the the very specific data and so getting a sense of what our peers in the sector are earning and what people who are entering the sector or moving up uh, may want to be earning. So obviously that that was great information. Um, A couple of interesting findings is that when I broke down data for nonprofits and compare that to organizations that were registered charities, nonprofit societies pay more than their uh, otherwise equal counterparts who are registered charities. So organizations at the same budget level uh, in the same subsector will pay more if they are a nonprofit society. So that was interesting. I have some theories, but uh, no necessary, not necessarily I don't have any specific reasons why that is. Uh, Another interesting finding was that when comparing annual salaries with full-time positions that are paid hourly, so people paid Mm -hmm. uh, annually versus hourly, um, 
annual compensation is much higher if you multiply out, say, 37.5 hours per week over the full year, annual salaries are paid much higher. And I have some theories, but um, that was just an interesting finding. I don't mm. necessarily know why that's true, but um, they, it was interesting. Okay. Um, can I probe a little bit? Sure. And, uh, yeah. I'm curious about those theories. So first off with the, the com- comparison yeah. between societies and charities. Well, I think nonprofit societies and registered charities often are getting money from different funding sources. And so registered charitable organizations have access to some pools of money that nonprofit organizations don't. So whether that's specific foundations or sometimes different government sources, Mm. nonprofit societies, because they don't have access to some of those same funding sources, may rely more on individual donations and therefore have more unrestricted uh, mm. funds to use and therefore make compensation decisions that allow for their staff to be paid fairly and equitably um, and perhaps at higher rates than charitable organizations. Okay. So that's that's one guess, their ability to um, have more control over how they spend their money. Uh, so that's one idea. Uh, and then the other, the other interesting finding that annual versus hourly, my guess would be that if you actually broke down the number of hours worked and the amount paid on an annual basis, you might end up getting comparable salaries per hour because those that get paid on an annual basis generally aren't working 37.5 hours per week. They're putting in extra time and people often at management levels are expected to not necessarily always work 40 hours a week. And so, whereas people that are getting paid hourly would likely be getting paid overtime if they go above and beyond. And so if you broke down the hours actually worked and the amount actually Mm -hmm. earned, there may end up being a comparable uh, set of numbers. I can't say that for sure, but if you're looking just at raw base salary and base um, hourly pay, the annual salaries are much higher. Okay, yeah, I'm imagining those, especially in the arts and culture world where they go on production and uh, during those spells, they probably don't want to think about the number of hours (laughs) they're actually putting in. Absolutely. I mean, there were a couple of other key findings as well. One thing that I heard was that the salary survey was needed. Obviously, it came from executive directors who wanted it, and so it was needed. But I, I heard back from folks that used their used the results immediately so we're able to look at the data and recognize that not only were certain staff underpaid but also maybe were had a position name that was inaccurate so maybe they were Mm. called coordinator but based on the descriptions of position types that i use in the survey that position might actually be better titled as a manager because they were managing budget or people Mm -hmm. and so Uh, one person in particular said she was able to advocate to her board that a position, a certain person should be getting both a title increase and a salary increase by almost $10,000. And so that directly impacted Mm. someone's quality of life and hopefully led to that organization compensating their organizations more equitably or their their employees more equitably. And so it's great to hear those stories um, because often staff deserve it for their hard work, but also deserve it uh, because it, it ensures that they're getting paid equitably among their peers um, based on the experience and the the expertise that they bring to their Yeah, and I mean position. the levels of responsibility and accountability that they take on. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, so you're kind of heading that direction. Yeah. Um, 
what other implications uh, does the salary survey that you've championed here have for not-for-profits in the Metro Vancouver area from your perspective? Well, one, I hope the major implication is that I hope that people begin to get paid for the value that they bring to their organization, society more broadly, uh, and get paid equitably based on their expertise and not their gender or gender identity, their race um, or age, for example. I also hope to see that funders use salary surveys too. Often the budget lines in fund applications for staff salaries um, underpay or staff, and so organizations have to top up the salary from other funding sources. So I hope funders use salary surveys to make sure that they're funding, funding salary budget lines of grant applications equitably and not... Um, not perpetuating low salary issues. Mm. So that's uh, another, um, yeah, another key implication. Absolutely. Trina, before we go, any other thoughts you'd like to share from your vantage point related mm. to striving for fair compensation in the sector? Uh, I mean, really just to repeat my last, my last note, I really hope that funders and capacity builders, as well as individual organizations, continue their work in um, helping the nonprofit sector thrive and explore the levers that they have access to to make it better. So if they have the lever to be able to fund salaries better, then they use that lever. Um, For some funders and capacity builders, that means getting out of the way, and sometimes that means using their influence and their insight, and in this case, their money to advance social justice. Um, Either way, there are a lot of transformational changes that need to occur in the way that we approach our work, and I'm happy to be a part in this case as it relates to salary equity. Great. And last thing, of course, um, don't want to forget, you know, can we direct people as to where to access the the Metro Vancouver survey? Uh, The report's available online at trinaisaacson.com. I believe the link will be available in the podcast description. And there's a a big button on the right-hand side to purchase a salary survey. It is for sale, and the purchase price is... It changes depending on the type of organization and the size of organization. So okay. smaller organizations can get a cheaper rate. And uh, I'd love to be able to offer a discount to listeners of the podcast. So if you use the word uh, vantage point in the discount code, I'll give you 20% off. Great. Thank you so much, Trina. Yeah. Uh, finally, we'd like to again thank our sponsor, Humanity Financial Management, Rock Solid Reporting for Causes That Count. We hope you'll tune in to our next edition, published the third Wednesday of every month. We encourage you to submit your ideas for upcoming podcasts through our podcast blog page or via email to info at thevantagepoint.ca. Thank you again for joining us from Our Vantage Point.